to Nadia No Filter. So this week's podcast warrants a trigger warning. I will be talking about suicide, depression, and so on and so forth. And if you are experiencing a psychiatric emergency, please stop listening to this podcast immediately and call 911. I understand this is a very heavy topic. It is a very dark topic, but I feel that it's necessary to talk about such things because, you know, people do struggle with their mental health. People do struggle with suicidality. Also, just a legal disclaimer, I'm not giving advice to anyone of how to deal with your mental health struggles. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I am not equipped to giving such advice or professional advice to anyone. This is just my thoughts, my opinions, and my experience with feeling this way. So first and foremost, I want you to know that you're not alone. If you struggle with depression, anxiety, feelings, you know, of suicide, you're not alone. And I know when you're struggling with your mental health, even if someone else has the same disorder as you, you're still you're still in it alone to a degree. You know, it's kind of like breakups. Everyone goes through it, but it's really just you in the thick of everything. And you're still alone experiencing and feeling everything. And when it comes to mental health struggles, the intensity is much more significant. And even if you do have a support system, sometimes you're still going to feel alone. Sometimes even talking to your therapist might not be helpful. Also, I think it's because we don't have a lot of good therapists out there, which is unfortunate. I don't think a lot of psychologists or therapists are trained to talk to patients or clients that feel suicidal because... They're just quick to call 911 and then have you be put on a 5150 hold. The thing about suicide or feeling that way is it can come in waves. It can wave and wean where sometimes you feel it more than other days. Sometimes feeling suicidal might be dormant where sometimes something will trigger it and you're going to start feeling that way again, you know? It's not that like one day you wake up and you're like, I want to kill myself. And of course, if you have a plan, if you are really intensely thinking about it, I do think it's important to be put on 5150 hold so that you are not in danger to yourself. But, you know, if you're just feeling these emotions without a plan and it's just kind of this heavy cloud weighing over you, people don't really talk about how do you get out of that like funk in a way. And I guess it's not really a funk. It's It's a lot more intense than just a funk. It is the deepest pit you'll probably ever be in in your entire fucking life. Full transparency, I have obviously felt suicidal in my life. And I think trying to come out of it, it's one of the hardest things because there aren't a lot of podcasts about feeling suicidal. There aren't a lot of YouTube videos even where people talk about this openly because it's such a taboo subject. Again, you know, there's feelings of shame and embarrassment that surround this feeling because the fact of the matter is people can weaponize your mental health against you. For example, my most recent ex-boyfriend tried telling his girlfriend that he cheated on for four months and didn't tell me about that he was with me because I was going to kill myself if he left me, which obviously isn't true and I broke up with him every day. That's, you know, beside the point. But he used that history in my past against me. And the thing about being suicidal is it also paints this picture that you're this crazy, unstable person. 
But I guess people also don't realize you can still have your shit together and feel this way. You can still go to work every day. You can still go to parties and have like a social life. People are just not going to know this is what you're feeling deep down. Because again, it could be dormant from time to time. It just needs a trigger to be out in the open. And I think that's when people commit suicide. You know, there's those people where they seem so happy-go-lucky and then people are like, oh my God, like I never in a million years thought they could kill themselves. Yeah, it's because they were feeling this for a long time and it's like something that's dormant. They didn't have an outlet or any person that they could talk about this stuff with openly. And I think it's because, again, of that fear of judgment. It's that fear of being hospitalized even, you know? Being hospitalized, it's basically like you're in prison. They take away your clothes in the sense of like if you're wearing sweatpants with uh, a string they're gonna take your string away or just your sweatpants they're gonna take away your shoelaces they're gonna take away your jewelry they're gonna take away your earrings they're, they take away your phone so you kind of have like no contact with the outside world unless you've memorized people's phone numbers again just like prison so for me to get out of that suicidality mindset this isn't something that a lot of therapists, I don't even know if it would be ethical for them to talk about with their patients. So the thing about life is it's finite, right? And death is very permanent. So for me to kind of shift my mindset, you have to kind of continue passing like the expiration date for your life a few years where it's like, you know what, if I feel suicidal in five years, let's revisit this emotion, this topic, and then we'll talk about it then. And you kind of just continue pushing it back where you're like, you know what? By the time I'm 25, 30, 35, we'll just continue revisiting this topic and assess our situation, see what we can fix in our life to make it better. It's kind of like you're not invalidating your emotions. You're not saying, hey, like I'm fucking crazy. Why am I feeling this way? You're not questioning like, your sanity, you know? I don't think that's important or helpful in those moments. I think it's important, of course, to ask, why are you feeling suicidal, right? So, for example, for me, it was kind of a lack of control over my life, where I felt if there's one thing I can have control over, it would be my death. I want to choose when I die, how I die, where I die because death is something that just kind of happens, you know? And that is kind of my relationship with death, I guess you can say. And I also see death as something that's peaceful instead of dark and sad. Also, there's this misconception that people that are suicidal hate themselves or hate their life. And the thing is, I don't hate my life. I don't hate myself at all. I actually love myself so much that I feel, why would I want to, I guess, expose myself to the world that is very fucked up, very evil, dark, depressing. You know, there's so many selfish people in the world. People are always killing each other. People are always cheating on each other. So it's like, why would I want to subject myself to that life, you know? Um, because everybody gets hurt. Even if you have, like, the best friends in the world, the best family in the world, you're still going to experience trauma, hardships, and so on, you know? And the thing is, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I don't like that in life there are ups and downs. I don't get that. I don't understand that. I don't know why it's not just ups, you know? Of course, what 
comes up must come down. Gravity, I guess you could say, but also that doesn't necessarily mean that should be the case with like everything, right? Like for example, in space, we don't have gravity. So why can't our emotions not have like a baseline as well or a ceiling where there is like no threshold or no limit? Basically, it's like, why is it that what goes up must come down all the time. Yes, on Earth and gravity, yeah, that makes sense. But in space, that's not the case. So why can't our emotions also have no baseline or a starting point? Why can't they just go up and up and up and up and up where you're just happy and you can infinitely be happy, you know? But in contradiction, I also feel that there is this dark beauty when it comes to feeling sad or depressed. And I'm not trying to romanticize it in any way, shape, or form because it's not at all fun. It's not good. You know, it's it's one of the worst feelings I've ever felt in my entire life. Like, not being able to get out of bed, just being on the floor in my room with the lights off. Like, it's not something that I'd wish on my worst enemy. Actually, I would because you're my fucking worst enemy and I fucking hate you. Point is, it's not a good feeling. It's not a fun feeling whatsoever. And once you start to experience anhedonia, which is like the loss of pleasure in things that you used to like, it's a thousand times harder to get out of that funk of that depressive mindset but one thing I've learned is people just continue distracting themselves. I feel like a lot of people actually struggle with mental health issues and a lot of people don't get to the core of it. I don't think a lot of people are like me where they're just gonna self-reflect day in and day out, you know? I don't think a lot of people look within themselves or are even that self-aware of like what they're feeling every second of every day, you know? So I think people on a subconscious level, they just distract themselves. They'll make, you know, they'll become really busy with work. They'll become really busy with social events. They will just dive into whatever is out in front of them, whether it's social media or TikTok or just like binge watching a TV show. So a lot of people do definitely struggle with depression, anxiety, but I, I think what happens is your subconscious brain is trying to protect you. For instance, if you're not mentally equipped to handle a trauma or a stressful problem, you're gonna mentally have a breakdown if you have to face that. Kind of like how people can be like delusional. I think delusion protects you from having a mental breakdown. I think sometimes it's actually a protective factor and good for people to be delusional. For example, let's say your dad is a psychopathic killer and you have not accepted that fact that he kills everybody. And if you did, I guess, understand that or process that you would end up like killing yourself or something so it's like okay we gotta take this in steps or processes where you kind of have to slowly adapt to this being a reality versus just being like shoved out the door being like hey bitch your dad's a fucking psychopathic killer enjoy you know i think that's what happens when you experience shock because you're like holy shit how did this happen what just happened and you're trying to process what's reality and sometimes people have a mental breakdown entirely it's like you gotta you gotta take like the steps into like realizing things that's kind of probably like what therapy is where you're trying to like undo the trauma that has happened to you, I guess you can say, or like that you have experienced. I don't know if things happen to you or if you just go through things, you know? I feel like there's kind of a difference 
where like one is more of like a victim mindset versus another one just like shit happens and you deal with it. For example, you know, my most recent breakup that I've talked about here and there, um, honestly, the relationship itself was one of the worst relationships I've ever experienced. I wish I was never in it. Um, because from day one, honestly, like day zero, patient zero, you know, like it, I was lied to from the get go. You know, this person had a girlfriend the entire time that they lived with. Apparently they dated for 10 years. Apparently they were engaged all this shit. Right. And I always thought that if I were ever cheated on, I would kill myself. I really truly thought that I could never handle that type of betrayal ever. But here I am doing incredibly well with, you know, all the stuff that came out. I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to move on. I'm going to be living my life, you know? And again, it has to do with how I think about the situation. I'm not thinking, oh my God, why did this happen to me? Why did this person come into my life? Like, so on and so forth, you know? I'm thinking about like, okay, like this happened for me. There were lessons that I learned that maybe I couldn't have learned any other way, you know? And I've also personally have learned that, you know, when you're feeling suicidal, it's not the job of your friends and family to like save you from yourself. The only person that can do that is you, you know? You have to find the strength within yourself to get out of that dark hole. And that's so fucking hard. When you feel like you're battered and bruised, all your bones are broken, all your muscles are aching or torn, and you have to like physically climb out of a fucking hole or like this deep, like this 10 feet ditch, that seems impossible. That's what it's like to feel depressed or suicidal. It is honestly also like physically taxing. It's mentally taxing, it's physically taxing. It's hard to just cope with like day-to-day -day activities. And I know I said for me personally, I can still feel suicidal even if I love myself and I have a strong relationship with myself. But I feel like a lot of people that might feel suicidal, it's because they do need to work on self-love. They do need to work on that relationship with themselves. Um, so even though that's not the case for me where, you know, like I said, I do have a relationship with myself. I love myself and so on and so forth. One thing that still helps me break out of that mindset is just trying to like be excited about things in life, you know, looking forward to like that next hangout with my friends in Manhattan, the next Halloween, the next whatever. So I think a lot of people, for whatever reason, get annoyed with me when I'm like excited about a holiday or a birthday. And it's like, but you guys don't understand, like, this is what I look forward to so that I am excited about living. If life is something that's boring and mundane, I think that's also a reason why I become suicidal, if anything. So like the reasons for me feeling suicidal is very, very different from, I guess you could say the status quo of patients feeling this way. And for self-harm, like cutting behaviors, which I used to engage in when I was like 15. So, you know, over 10 years ago. So like the reasoning behind that, it's more like you're trying to break out of such a high affect, which is like a high emotional intensity. And you're trying to be grounded because it brings you back down to zero from like 100. Because then you're like, holy shit, I'm fucking bleeding. 
And then you kind of like wake up. It's like this jolt and like, okay, now we have to like attend to this. We have to put rubbing alcohol on it. We got to like cover it up with a bandaid. We got to fix our shit and figure this out. Also, sometimes when life would just get so boring and there's nothing to do, I would just become depressed, you know? Because it's like, if there's no goals, if there's no moving forward, I would have to say you are moving backward, you know? I would say you're never truly stagnant because if anything, then you're just falling backwards. And that's kind of what I've seen in my life. If I'm not moving forward with a goal or like a passion or a project, I am actually just backsliding into who I used to be or whatever struggles I've already dealt with in the past. They kind of just come back and become present tense problems. I listened to this TED talk by Marissa Peer. It's one of the best TED talks ever. And I would say it kind of changed my life. But again, when you're in these moods, not even moods, dude, these episodes, I guess you can say, of being depressed or suicidal, you kind of like everything goes out the front door. You kind of forget the things you already know or have learned. And you only see everything with like, a dark pair of goggles instead of like rose-colored glasses, you know, where everything just seems gloomy, dark, and depressing. So what Marissa Pierce said is the things that you say to yourself, it's very important. For example, if you are late for work and you're like, oh, I wish I could fucking kill myself and you don't mean it, subconsciously, you're actually listening to what you're telling yourself. So the more you say these kind of things to yourself, then you actually start to believe it or actually start to feel this. And I think that's something that I've noticed within myself. If I had like a hard or rough day and I'm like, oh, I just want to fucking die. Saying that, even if I didn't mean it, after a while, it becomes something that's real, which is very unfortunate. So like, be careful of what you say. Everything you say should be with like integrity. Your brain can't differentiate between a lie you tell yourself and the truth. For example, let's say your significant other is out at a club with friends, whatever, and you start getting this idea in your head that maybe they're seeing someone there, they're meeting up with someone there, they're talking to someone there, they're buying drinks for someone there, and then you get this stuck in your head and your heart starts to accelerate, your palms start to get sweaty, and now you're hyperventilating. There's no immediate threat at all. You also don't know if all of this is happening. It's just an idea in your head. Regardless of that, you're still having these reactions that are very real. So your brain can't differentiate between what is real and what is an idea. So when you tell yourself stuff like, I want to kill myself or I want to die, brain is like, oh, okay, I guess we do feel like we're dying or I guess we do want to die. And then, you know, subconsciously, maybe you'll pick up on things that make you feel like shit. Then after a while, it just piles up. And like, then when you hit a breaking point, that's why a lot of the time people are like, I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't even know why I'm feeling this way. And it's like, yeah, you're, you don't know why, because a lot of these things are subconscious processes. You're, you haven't been like mindful or aware of what kind of stuff you tell yourself. But yeah, kind of just to tie it all back together, life is finite, death is permanent. So when thinking about ending one's life, you have to realize that 
any happy moments, any peaceful moments in life, you're never going to experience that again, you know? And I think that is what's helped me break out of like my most recent kind of episode, I guess you could say. You have to have like your whole life flash before your eyes. People say like death is like a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And I don't think that's a good way of looking at it because not everyone will feel like their life is a temporary problem. They might, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I would say looking at life as something that's finite and looking at death as something that's permanent is much more helpful because you're not labeling life as good or bad. You're not labeling death as good or bad either, you know? You're not thinking of death as a solution. You're just, like, pointing out the facts that this is temporary and this is permanent, you know? If I do X, Y, and Z, this other thing that I cannot undo or change will occur, and that's that. So I hope this was helpful for at least one person out there. I don't know. I, I just, you know, these are kind of things that I've thought about, learned, uh, experienced myself, and I'm hoping that what I've gone through can help someone else. And, you know, hopefully it helps you feel less alone, if anything. <laughs>